You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand by. Boys and girls of every age, wouldn't you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see. This our town of Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Pumpkin scream in the middle of night. This is Halloween. Everybody make a scene. Trick or treat. Tell the neighbors on the diaphragm. It's our town. Everybody scream. It's town of Halloween. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 13 of the Think 180 podcast. This is Chris Baker from Inc. 180 Ministries in Oswego, Illinois. Good morning. Well, good morning to me. It's early. I'm here with, uh, as always, with Kyle Craning. Hey, how's it going? This is our uh, reason for the Nightmare Before Christmas. It's uh, a couple days before Halloween here, and that's my favorite movie anyway. So it's, uh, we're kind of getting into Halloween mode around here. We got a lot of kids' uh, activities. Our church is having an activity today, so we wanted to put that out this morning. Uh, we're gonna, we got a lot of things to talk about this morning on episode 13. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to talk about some pretty heavy stuff today. So as always, I would uh, suggest that you listen to this first before uh, listening to it with your kids, because um, the topics that we're going to talk about today are heavy, but very necessary to talk to your kids about uh, on your own. So hopefully we can give you some information to, to help do that. Um, I've got a, a very special guest with us today. Uh, my friend Grant Riel Moeller is here. Uh, we're going to be talking about porn, pornography and uh, its effect on society, its effect on us. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting but heavy, heavy talk. So, uh, but very important. We need to have this discussion and you need to have this discussion with your kids, just like I'm having it with mine. We'll talk a lot about that. Um, after that, we're going to be talking about uh, some arrests that were made here in the Oswego area this week related to Asian massage parlors and uh, some Halloween safety stuff. Um, got quite a few announcements today, so we're gonna we're just gonna get into our first topic of pornography, and it's uh, it's kind of the dirty big secret of the church, and we're gonna be talking a lot about that here with Grant. So uh, I'm just gonna start things off first though by kind of talking about my own personal, you know, stuff that I dealt with in the past. I I've been a Christian for only just about eight years now. In January it'll be eight years. But you know, I'm 46 years old, and I have I have my past, and I dealt with a lot of demons and stuff in my life. I dealt with pornography, and you know, the whole all that stuff. You know, God is radically transforming me, and continues to, and and uh, not to say that I'm perfect by any means, but I try to give God a little bit better every single day. And when I was younger, I remember being like 12 years old and going to put a movie in the VCR one day and found one of my dad's pornography tapes in it. And, you know, being 12 years old, I went play <laughs> and, um, it's just my, my dad had, he's, well, we've talked about my dad, so I'm not going to read, right. I'm not going to rehash that. He's not a good dude uh, for a lot of reasons, but, um, there was always like magazines and stuff laying around the house, like not even hidden, like not even tr didn't even try to keep it away from my face. And, um, it, it, but I can't imagine what it's like for kids now because that was the eighties, you know, and you had to, it was like videotape VHS tapes and it wasn't, um, 
you know, streamed constantly to your cell phone every five seconds and it wasn't yeah. available like it is now. Um, you know, growing up, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I had a lot of things I did that I'm just, I'm not proud of. Um, but I've learned from and like going to strip clubs and stuff like that with friends. I was like, Oh, that's what guys do. And you know, because that's what I heard growing up from my old man, like that, that was okay. And he never taught me any different. So, um, I certainly don't do those things in my life now. Um, and I, I work hard to avoid, uh, any kind of, uh, situation or any, like even seeing pictures. Like I'll tell you right now, I'm sitting here at the desk with the guys and I printed out ads for our Oswego massage parlors for the topic we're going to talk about after this. And there's pictures of, of women in lingerie and I've flipped it over purposely. So I don't have to sit here and look at it. Um, you, you take steps to, to move past all that stuff, but we're going to get into uh to Grant's story here a little bit and talk with Grant because I met Grant a couple, what was it about two and a half years ago, three years ago. Yeah. So he came in and uh great young man. And he, he was kind of telling me his situation and we just sat down and chatted for a while But Grant. Why don't you kind of give, just give some background on what you're doing and mm-hmm. why you're doing it. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, kind of just share my story a little bit uh when i was eight basically the same story with you just kind of came on it out of nowhere i was at a friend's house and we had went into his brother's room his brother was a lot older and we went into his room to grab a video game and found a magazine and we took it back to his room and just started flipping the pages and it was obviously a new experience for us so we're like you know what is this right um and that was when i was about eight and then when I got into the internet, obviously, you know, had internet at my house and started looking at other stuff, started looking at pictures and then went to videos and by seventh, eighth grade, I was pretty much addicted. So, uh, going into high school, I was fairly to myself, fairly lonely. So I just kept going back to the same stuff over and over again. Um, and it wasn't until about my junior year when I gave my life to Christ and then started working through that whole situation. And continued to recover and continue to take steps to build my relationship with him and um you know just accepting grace understanding and then accepting grace and receiving that new life in him and um just taking practical steps as well so that's a lot of how I got into this and I think that's how I got I met you because I interviewed you based off of yeah your understanding of sex trafficking for a project that I did in high school yeah. and then we just started talking about everything related to sex trafficking, pornography, um, and then obviously the tattoo business and the tattoo ministry. And so that's, I think that's how we got our friendship. So Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy how this stuff all ties together. Yeah. You know, a lot of people look at sex trafficking and like, well, how does this, why does this go on? And I'm like, well, it goes on for a lot of reasons. I said, but one of the things is porn. Mm-hmm. I think porn is a, you know, to, to borrow a, a a kind of a cliche term it's a gateway drug to yeah. a lot of horrible horrible things right you know and I, there's a lot of people there's probably some people that will listen to this and be like oh what's the big deal it's just porn you know no big deal i, I watch mm. it in my house i don't let my kids see it and blah, blah, blah. it is a big deal because i've read enough stories uh, and talked to enough people about how it triggers a chemical reaction in your brain mm-hmm. it, it's like drugs yeah it is an addiction mm-hmm. and you know most people that that watch porn they will um stand up 
loudly and say it's not an addiction. I do it because I want to. It's not because mm-hmm. I have to. I'm like, yeah, you keep telling yourself that. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, it was an addiction thing as well. Um, it wasn't like I, I couldn't function if I didn't see something, but it, it definitely had a huge effect. You know, it had right. a huge effect on me. Um, and it, you know, porn is one of those things that it causes, I think it causes a lot of unrealistic expectations yeah. in relationships, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you have these women that are, you know, and, and guys that are, you know, like surgically altered and, you know, all this right. stuff. And, and it, it, this is not how relationships work. Like I've been married to my beautiful wife, Lisa, for 24 years and we have a great relationship. And it's just, it, it's absolutely ridiculous that, uh, what porn does to a relationship and it, it's, it's crazy to me. Well, a lot of things are crazy about it. I get <laughs> fired up just even kind of talking about it, thinking about it, but people that deny that this is an issue, especially for our, our youth, that they're out of their mind. Right. Um, one of my friends is a youth pastor and he just posted something on Facebook that I found very sad and, and but very telling. Uh, they just had a huge youth retreat for their denomination. And this is one of the things that they talked about at their youth retreat was mm-hmm. pornography, which mm-hmm. I applauded. I thought yeah. it was just amazing that they talked about it. And that, you know, a lot of times um, I've had like youth retreats that want me to come in and speak about sex trafficking, then they pose it to the parents and the parents are like, Oh no, 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 we, yeah. no, we can't talk about that. Right. So the fact that they, these parents were cool enough and open enough to let them discuss it. I'm very happy that that mm-hmm. happened because it doesn't happen nearly enough. But, um, they posted and they said that they talked about porn and they asked the kids how many had seen pornography. Mm-hmm. And it was like 95% of these kids yeah. and they were aged 12 to 16. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, Oh boys, you know, boys do that. And that's just something that boys just do. I'm like, right. Oh God, like boys don't just do that. You know, it's like right. boys, we're seeing boys and girls. There's women, a lot of women, uh, more and more women are addicted to pornography as well. So um, it's just, it's a huge thing. It's, and it's also one of the biggest businesses in the country. Yep. Helps to side technology. Right. right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, people will always, people always say to me like, well, why don't they just outlaw porn? I'm like, okay, well they can try. Right. You know, I mean, sex trafficking is illegal, right? And right. it's the second fastest growing crime in America. Right. Drugs are illegal. They're the biggest growing crime in America. Mm, right. I bet porn's probably one of like the U.S.'s like top 10 like gross domestic products oh yeah you oh, know yeah. definitely and exports yeah you know california mm-hmm. taxes it and that's what got them oh yeah into a, a better position as a yeah. state as far as economically wow yeah it's just it's a crazy thing how how big it is i mean you know we've talked about when i went to the porn convention with eve's angels right. and mm-hmm. and prayed with people there i mean that was that's a whole other story that we've already covered but uh it's just it's alarming how big of a problem it is and just how much of a market there is for it. Right. And so. I just have a quick question before we really get into this. Yeah. How many people do you think are addicted and don't even know they're addicted? Well, I was. Right. I, I, I denied it for a long time. Right. I you mean, know? how many people 
you know, think it's starts off as something like, and this is kind of a silly example, but it's something like this, like this meme, mm-hmm. like the look back right. meme, like, yeah, well, guys will be guys kind of thing, right? Yeah, that's exactly guys what it is. Guys are engineered a certain way. That's yeah. what's kind of what we've always been told, right? Yeah. yeah. But then I think with te- the birth of technology, from my point, of, I may be wrong and please correct me if I am, but no. I think with the advent of technology and how fast it's grown, I think that's kind of taken that how guys will be guys kind of thing and just compounded it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the, I mean, the internet, the the media, the movies, the TV shows, everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, we talk about the show, the deuce that HBO is right. doing right now. And while it's a very well done show, it's, it's very shocking to, to people. I mean, especially to people that don't do the kind of work we do. It's incredibly shocking to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I've talked to some friends who watch it, but it's, the internet is a, a beautiful invention and one of the most horrific right. all at the same time. So, um, the, the thing I kind of getting back to Grant's story, I think the thing that I most admire about your story is the fact that at such a young age, you were able to see that, Hey, this is a problem mm-hmm. and I need to do something about it. Yeah. Um, when you got to that point, like where did you go for that help? Like who did you talk to? your folks or your Mm -hmm. pastor or like who helped you through that yeah and that was the challenge of it because i was in such a state where i was extremely lonely and it it was because it's such a topic that's not talked about i had no idea who to go to yeah and i think the first people that i told was my parents Mm -hmm. and then from there it was talking to friends it was really actually talking to peers and talking to other guys that i knew and finding out that they were struggling with the same thing. And so then I went online and was trying to find resources or different methods of overcoming the issue, and there just wasn't much out there. So I'm like, okay, if no one has really started this conversation, then I'm going to start it. And that was that was where it came from. And I was just like, if no one, you know, if if I can go through this and be the reason why we start a conversation, then that's fine. You know, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to understand that, you know, this is an issue. And if we can start a conversation from, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of what Jesus does. You know, he takes stories that the enemy has used for evil and he flips them around and says, well, perfect. I'm just going to bring this to the light. And that, that was my mindset. Um, and so just really started to do it in a way that was um, biblically based Mm -hmm. and just trying to understand and accept grace and then continue to push that out in the story. Because when we talk about these issues, whether it's anything related to sexuality, we immediately just go law. Yeah. And it's like, holy cow, let's slow down here for a second. (laughs) Like sexuality, you know, when we go back to Genesis one, you know, Mm -hmm. you go back to the garden, like what he intended for perfection, we are now using for pleasure. Right. And it's like, how can we get that mindset back into these people? Like, sexuality is a beautiful thing. You know, sex is a beautiful thing. And let's not shame someone for that. And that's where we get in the church as, um, whether it's leadership or whether it's the people of it, you start talking about sex and everyone starts squirming in their chairs right. like, it's, like it's bad. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So it's, you know, bringing that grace first and bringing the conversation of sexuality in general to a place where we can talk about it and then bringing pornography, you know, in that conversation as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to go back to a couple of things um, that you said. I mean, you, you said that you started talking to your friends. 
just sitting here as a 46 year old guy and a father of a son and two daughters, mm-hmm. hearing that you had the, you know, the, the courage to talk to your friends and go, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Kids mm-hmm. are horrible, man. Like mm-hmm. kids could, you could had, you could have had friends that tore you to pieces right. just for saying that. Yeah. And it's happened. Cause we've talked to kids in our, our kids peer groups that have dealt with stuff and tried to talk with them through things. But, um, just the fact that you had friends that were open to talking about it is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the kind of kids we need to raise. Like right. we need to raise our kids. There's, I mean, I don't want to go off on another whole subject for another podcast, but bullying is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And thank God you had, you know, made the kind of friendships that were supportive. Right. You know, cause that, that's a huge thing. Um, and then the church we've talked we talked recently about this and, and, um, we sat down because Grant, you want to go into churches and you want to yeah. share your story. Yeah. And you you want to talk about this. And, and I, I think that's a wonderful idea. I think it has mm-hmm. to be, it's a story that has got to be told. Mm-hmm. It's a story that is begging to be told and churches are afraid to let it be told. Yeah. Um, I, I deal with that on a much lower level. Like most, you know, sometimes churches, do, they don't want me to come in and talk about sex trafficking right. or whatever, but porn is like, you take that times a hundred. They're like, mm. oh no, we can't talk about pornography addiction right. in our church or uh, you know, sexual immorality in our church. And I'm like, why? Right. Why? Sin is sin. This mm-hmm. is just another sin. We yeah. talk about sin in church all day long. Yeah. It's what we do. And then we talk about God's grace, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Why are we so afraid to talk about porn? And I'll tell you why, because a lot of those people that are resistant to let you come and speak at their church are addicted to porn Mm -hmm. and they don't want to be convicted themselves and say, oh my gosh, I have a problem that I need to address in my life. Mm -hmm. That's terrifying because the other thing that we have in our church is a lot of young people that need to hear that story too. Right. And they need to hear the whole thing. They need to hear about how it affected you, how you came upon it, how it affected you. Um, how you addressed it and how you continue to address it. And the church is afraid to let it happen. And that makes Mm -hmm. me so Mm -hmm. sick. Um, And it it makes me sick because like I said, when we went to the Exotica convention to work with Eve's angels, we gave out those shirts and I go to churches to speak. It's the only place we gave out those shirts and there's people wearing them. I had people come up to me at that event that were youth pastors that I had, I'd met when I spoke at their church and like, please don't say anything to anybody. Please don't tell anybody (laughs) that I was at this convention. And I'm like, I'm not telling anybody anything. I'm going to pray with you. Right. Mm -hmm. I said, but, and I'm not here to judge anybody because I dealt with my own, you know? Um, and why is it so, so bad to say, Hey, I have an issue. Hmm. My gosh, man. Like, it makes you look weak. That's you know? all I, all I do is like, I, I'm people can never, um, accuse me of not being honest with myself for the last eight years before mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. I lied to myself every mm-hmm. single day. Mm-hmm. Right. But for the last eight years, I've been on this journey and it's been, let me be transparent. Like, I'm going to tell you, like, I'll, I'm going to tell you where I fell way short and where I continue to fall short. You know, there's, there's stuff I struggle with every single day. And I talk about that. Um, but why are we, why are we so afraid to talk about it? We're not going to see a change. We're not going to see a change in ourselves, um, until we address it. We're not going to see a change in our kids or their kids or their kids until we address it. 
it, it, it's, it, we keep going back to this principle of supply and demand. Like we do with trafficking, you know, it, people are like, well, why can't they just shut it down? Well, because there's a supply and demand issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we address the demand for it, there's no need to have a supply. And the same thing with the porn industry. You know, how do we shut down the porn industry? We stop buying it. We stop using it. Um, my friend, Annie Donwald from Eve's angels came up with this just awesome idea a few years, probably four years ago, we we're sitting here in the shop and she also is very, um, in tune with the demand side of things. And we have to address this if we're ever going to see changes in these kinds of things, porn or sex trafficking, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she came up with the idea of a campaign to strictly to solely address men say, you know what it's, and it's like a, it almost kind of like a promise keepers kind of a thought process where you sign a piece of paper that says, I'm not going to purchase any kind of porn, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, internet or print or whatever it is. Um, and it's just kind of like a a covenant between guys, you know, like we're not going to support that. So we came up, um, my only role really in the beginning part was to come up with the name for it. And my, my knack for acronyms, I came Mm -hmm. up with the armed campaign. It was the association of real men ending the demand. Hmm. And along with it, we're doing, you know, educational events for men and boys because we've stopped teaching our boys how to be men. And, you know, our kids, oh my gosh, man, like every turn they make, they're inundated with sexuality and the over-sexualization of everything, Mm -hmm. you know, to, from music to movies, to TV, um, to, um, advertising, mm-hmm. like they got, you know, people selling shampoo and their the women are in the shower, washing their hair, moaning, like they're having sex. I'm like, mm-hmm. or, you know, people selling hamburgers on commercials with girls in bikinis. And, yeah. you know, I'm like, dude, like this is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. And why are we so afraid to talk about it? Why are we so afraid to say that we have issues with it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it just bothers me now. I know Grant, we've been talking about your book mm-hmm. privately. So talk, you want to talk a little bit about that and kind of yeah, where you're at in that process, sure. because it is a process. Yeah. And, no, um, yeah. No joke. So yeah. Talk about that a little bit and where you're at with that. Yeah. So I started writing basically where I started writing was out of trying to find a way to overcome my addiction to pornography. And I just started journaling. I was like, you know, as, as an introvert and as a shyer kid, I had to find some way to communicate and I communicated through journals and through prayer journals, different things like that, different mediums. And, um, and so out of that, I started writing steps that I felt were applicable to people going through pornographic addiction. And then I slowly had enough material over the years that I'm like, wow, why, why don't I just write a book? So I kind of stumbled into it and then, um, kind of started to, understand the underlying issues of why we go into certain things like pornography or drugs or alcohol or these these little temporary anesthetics sure and it's you know what's the underlying issue and my underlying issue was the fact that i had absolutely no vision for what a relationship or love looked like and so i was like well i'm gonna grab onto the first thing that looks like love and i'm gonna you know basically absorb it as much as I can to the highest degree and then hopefully it'll fulfill me. And so um the book then morphed into an entire book that's all about biblical vision okay. and what 
what your life looks like without vision. So my life without biblical vision and a life without Jesus giving me that vision was pornography and addiction and complete and utter destruction and a lost, basically a lost soul. And so as I started, as I continued to write, I was like, okay, this has to, this has to go back to a root issue, which is when we don't have vision, we're, we're lost people. Absolutely. And so I started writing based off of that and understanding, you know, my story is part of it, Mm -hmm. but the overarching theme is vision. And so um, I actually started a company called Visionary Sound, which is completely all about starting and developing and seeking vision for companies, institutions, churches, individual projects. You know, I've, I've been able to work on some individual projects that, we, that I've helped cast the vision for and then develop. Um, and so that's, that's the underlying issue. And if, if we can't get our kids to understand that there's a vision, specific vision for relationships, in a specific vision for love and grace, then they're going to latch on to whatever feels good. And that's what I did. And so I'm trying to mm-hmm. keep people from doing that and pull them from a place where they don't know. And so they're going to go and figure it out on their own. I mean, that's, that's yeah. our human nature. If you're not going to tell me, I'll go figure it out myself. Yeah. We, so, I mean, we encourage our kids to do that. We're like, yeah. well, just go out and figure it out, you know? Yeah. Right. And you're right. I mean, with so, with so many aspects of life, if you don't have your plan in place, you're just like winging it. Like, I used to do project management for a living and we used to have uh, the saying we would say prior planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> it's true in all aspects of life. If, if you go in with no plan, yeah. you're going to get oh, chaos yeah. oh, usually, yeah. right. you know, and then you're like putting out fires in your life. And man, that descri- that's a way to describe my life in a nutshell yeah. for 38 years. Yeah. You know, it was chaos and constantly trying mm-hmm. to like, look back and cover up what I did or what I said or what, you know, any of that stuff. Mm. It is important, you know, trying to teach us to set goals is, is a huge thing too, you know, and mm. have the vision to go out through that. You know, we, as Christians, we always say, well, God has a plan. All right. Are you asking God what right. that plan yeah, is? Yeah. Are, you, are you actively conversating with mm. having a conversation with God and say, what is this plan? That's how Inc. 180 came about. I asked. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of it. I didn't, it wasn't my brainchild. It was mm-hmm. God's plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are, I think sometimes people are afraid to ask God what the plan is because they're afraid of what he's going to give them. Right. Um, but if you don't do that and you don't, you don't center yourself and you don't have that and, and really take the time to plan things out, you're in serious trouble right. in this world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the next, but. Um, the, the other thing that, you know, we talked about, you know, the book stuff, I'm kind of dealing with that too. Cause I'm, mm-hmm. I've been trying to write my book for a year and a half now. And mm-hmm. it's, it's very much to me, it feels like a therapy session yeah. for me too. Are yeah. you experiencing that kind of thing when you're writing? Yeah. Emotionally it's challenging. And just the idea of the fact that you're calling on God to help you write this thing and just being spiritually inspired, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. Cause it's at the same time, while you want to, you want to inspire and challenge other people as you're writing, you're being inspired and challenge yourself. Absolutely. You know, as much as going into you is also coming out. I mean, if it's passing through you, it's got, it has to transform you before it comes out. Um, and I think that's something that has been the biggest challenge for me. And that's why it's taken a long time because I'm like, if I'm putting stuff on the paper that I haven't gone through myself 
or hasn't transformed me fully, then how can I challenge someone to do that the same? And it's it's a long process. Um, I got my deal. I'm with a publisher, and I got that about last September. So mm-hmm. it's it takes a while. So a year and a half. Like I'm I'm there with you. Like it's totally. It's not easy. Yeah, people ask me all the time, when's the book coming out? Because, yeah, right. you know, the documentary, I mean, that took a year, the documentary, and mm-hmm. I didn't even really, I just did my job, you right. know. Uh, people are like, oh, why? Why is it taking so long? I'm like, mm-hmm. because it's just that. It's the whole talking to God and, and kind of getting that the word back and you right. know, seeing which direction to go. You know, one of my favorite movies of all time is Rudy. And there's, <laughs> there's a great scene, and I use this all the time, where Rudy's kind of, he's, expended all of his efforts to get into Notre Dame and it's like his last chance mm-hmm. and he's sitting in the Notre Dame Basilica uh with Father Kavanaugh and he's like have I done everything I can he's like I've prayed and prayed and prayed and it's not happening and this priest looks at him he says the questions come in our time and the answers come in God's time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. That it takes time it's, yeah. it's a process and so you you take that that's a huge part of it, right? Yeah. And the other huge part of it is it is an absolutely gut wrenching, mind twisting thing to write about yeah. your life. Yeah. It is horrible. I'm writing mm-hmm. stuff and I'm like, I can't believe I lived through this event. I can't believe that I'm um still alive. And it's hard and it's hard to admit that to yourself. Like mm-hmm. Um, and looking at some of the mistakes you've made and, and putting it out there for the whole world to see and read, you know, including your family. And it's right. like, man, this is horrible to have yeah, to do. Right. But it's a huge part of the whole healing too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to, it. I can't wait till your book is done mm-hmm. and, and get it out there. I, I, um, I hope that there's people out there listening right now that want Grant to come speak at their church. Yeah. I want, I want people that are listening to this to be courageous enough to say, you know what, this is a huge problem. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a huge problem for you or not, it's a huge problem in your church and your community and your kids and, and whatever. Um, how can people contact you if they would like to have you come and speak at their church? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go to visionarysound.co.co. Um, I got all sorts of, different stuff on there. That's my company's website, but I'm kind of hidden underneath inside the website because I'm trying to push the company forward more than I am myself. Um, yeah. Or, you know, the emails on the website as well. So you can go through there. There's a, there's a forum to contact me through there. Um, yeah, that's, that's the best best method that I know to go through. So awesome. Awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's a, issue that's definitely near and dear to my heart because it, it plays such a huge role in the whole sex trafficking and, and even the domestic violence stuff that we see. Um, I, I have some great friends out there in federal law enforcement, um, especially Homeland Security and the FBI do amazing work with child pornography. And that's mm-hmm. another whole thing. I mean, mm-hmm. the dark web, the, it, it's not, <laughs> I don't want to, to downplay pornography in any way, but it's not just the commercial porn that we're mm-hmm. talking about. I mean, I just posted a story uh, the other day about a bus that took place and there was a one and a three-year-old child that were rescued that they were being, they didn't even know it. They're too young to know any, but they were making child pornography with these two kids and it was their parents that were doing it. And we have to pray for this country. We have to pray for people that are are still dealing with this and uh, are in recovery from pornography addictions and, um, 
but we need to have the conversation with our kids. And I think this is kind of my, I'm going to say kind of my last thing. I'm going to give Grant his, his conclusion point here, but uh, to talk, but I want to say this, we have absolutely got to learn about this and talk to our kids about it. Porn and sexuality and all the things that are you know, both good and bad about sexuality. We have to have these conversations with our children. And it's not just about, you know, I hear friends of mine say, oh, I had to talk with my son or I had to talk with my daughter. Mm-hmm. It's not about the talk. It's about the conversations. Mm-hmm. It's an ongoing dialogue that needs to take place. Um, our kids are dealing with this face first every single day. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The cell phone is one of the best inventions of our time and one of the most horrific at the same time because our kids have a constant flow of pornography yeah. mm-hmm. in their hands every single day. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. You know, where we said, okay, cool, you had the talk, but like you said, we have to have conversations. They're facing yeah. stuff that we did not face when we were growing up. And yeah. it's just, there's that many more temptations and that many more outlets to get a hold of that stuff. And it has to be an ongoing thing, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's the pornography. It's the, the trafficking stuff. It's the social media safety and not putting themselves at risk and not putting themselves in bad um, you know, positions at, like at a party or something where something yeah. horrible could happen to them. It's, it's an ongoing dialogue. And it, you, know, um, you have to love your kid enough to do that. It's, it is uncomfortable. It's yeah. uncomfortable for me. And I deal with this stuff right. on a daily basis. Right. One of the things I value and I love and respect more than anything in my relationship with my wife, Lisa, and our relationship with our kids is we can have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the sad things is our house has become the place where our kids' friends come to get their questions answered because Mm -hmm. they're afraid to talk to their parents. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to stop making our kids afraid of us. You know, if if they don't learn this from us, they're going to learn it from somewhere. And it's not where we want them to learn it. So we need to have those conversations with our kids. We need to have these conversations in our church. Uh, I I really hope that um, this plants some seeds and and you guys will get Grant out there. He's an amazing young guy and he's got a story to tell. And your church and your kids need to hear about this. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You probably do too. Um, I can tell you I do. I just met him today and I want to... I could listen to him talk for like three more hours and then every <laughs> book. Yeah, you know? man. I mean, every time he Appreciate comes here, it. we just hang and talk like yeah, this. And yeah. it's, you know, he probably comes in here and says, Oh, I want to go talk to Chris and feel better. And like, like talk things out. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that ends up feeling like wow. empowered and like yeah. energized by his conversation. Mm-hmm. Cause right. he's such a solid young dude, you know? And thank you. Um, super stoked to have him on. And we're mm-hmm. going to have him on again. I mean, like I said, conversations. Yeah, so right. we'll, yeah. we'll be back at this. But mm. um, I just want to thank Grant Riel Moeller uh, for coming in and sharing his story with us this morning. Check him out. Thanks again to Grant Riel Moeller for that. It was an awesome segment. We really appreciate him being in this morning. Um, one of the things that I get asked all the time uh, when we talk about sex trafficking is uh, related to the, the quote Asian massage parlors. And it's an issue that we've seen um, really becoming more of a problem all over the country, uh, wherever we go, but right here at home. Um, I believe we now have five or six Asian massage parlors in Oswego alone. They're popping up everywhere. And every five minutes, like they pop up. Now, here, here's one thing I want to say. 
not every one of these massage parlors is dirty. Mm-hmm. I want to make that clear. Okay. Um, however, we see red flags and we do see activity. And this week we just had two women arrested at um, a place called N Spa here in Oswego on Route 71. The Oswego PD did a fantastic job of doing the investigation and, and making those arrests. Uh, but, you know, it, they they posted a press release afterwards, and uh, I posted that on the page. Uh, a lot of the news organizations here around Oswego posted the story. And I got to tell you, uh, I was really disgusted at a lot of the comments that people put, not on, on our page post, but on the, some of the other ones. Um, people that post on our Facebook page are, are usually very respectful and you know, post intelligent comments, not like the guys that I saw posting comments like, Oh shoot. Now where am I going to go? Or not so happy ending today. Ha ha ha. (laughs) And I got to tell you, I got really pissed because there's not a thing funny about this. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no, there's nothing to um, get excited about in a happy way. Um, Two people were arrested. That's tragic. They made poor decisions. They were arrested. Um, the police did a fantastic job. Oswego PD. We love those guys. Um, but one of the other comments that I saw regularly posted on these threads this week was, okay, well, what about this one over here? And what about this one? This, you know, what about this? Okay. Uh, I want to I say this. I wish that we could just snap our fingers and all the dirty massage parlors would shut down and all the strip clubs would shut down, and all the underground brothels would shut down. But that's not the reality. Mm -hmm. The reality is the police have a job to do where they have to have this thing called evidence. Mm -hmm. It's pretty important. (laughs) Um, They have to do their investigations, and investigations take time. Um, And I've learned more and more about that from all the amazing cops that we get to work with, state, local, and federal. Their job um, is... There's no, it's a thankless job. It's a no win job. Like why would anybody want to be a cop? And they still do it and they do an awesome job and they make a difference just like these guys did this week. Um, there are, you know, a lot more of these spas popping up every single day. Like you said, Kyle, and yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like herding cats. Yeah. You know, you, you shut one down, another one pops up. And like you said, it's, it, it's their job, yeah. right? And anyone's job, we have a list of things we have to do every day, no matter what your job is. And you have to prioritize those things. That's, you have to be able to do that. Otherwise, you're probably not going to ever get hired, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you're not going to last very long. And so they have to take these things on in priority as well. And it's, imagine, I mean, I couldn't imagine making that decision, you know, like, okay, here's a list of things we need to investigate or go take care of. How do you rank that stuff, right. you know? right. <laughs> Well, the thing is, too, I mean, their investigations, they're not just going to go in there and, and you know, everybody's, oh, just go shut it down. Well, what, why, right. how? Okay, first of all, if this you don't. a robocop. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you don't know illegal stuff is going on, why would you shut them down? Right. You know, you can't just do that. Plus, the other thing is, a lot of these places across the country are connected, mm-hmm. these different locations. So they don't want to just go in and take care of this one. They want to go and it's get all sting. of them that are connected. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes time and mm-hmm. that takes manpower and all this stuff. And, but citizens that don't know, they don't care. They're like, I just want it done. Well, right. yeah, we all do. The cops right. do too. They don't want to have to work on that. They don't, you know, <laughs> right. they don't want to have to deal with it. Um, 
people are like, well, then what are we going to do? I'm like, well, why don't you talk to your husband and tell him to stop going to the Asian massage place? (laughs) You know, I mean, obviously the business is booming. If we've got five of them in Oswego, they're not going to stay open if there's nobody there. And they keep creeping more and more out West from the suburbs and the city. They're everywhere. I mean, Mm -hmm. there was just a big one shut down in Ottawa off I 80. Wow. You know, and (laughs) Ottawa. Yeah. The middle of nowhere off I 80. Right. You know, and they, Put up sign. They this particular one had a sign off I eighty. It said "Truckers Welcome, Truck Parking Available, Showers Available." I'm like, oh, <laughs> skeevy, right? Um, but the the thing is, you know, too for the police when they're going in and they're they're um making an arrest or they're going in to shut a place down, it's it's not just that. I mean. Yes, shut it down. But what about those girls that are working there? Mm-hmm. Okay, they have to be taken care of. Yep. And you you got to be really careful because if these a lot of these folks that run these places are really smart, and if they feel law enforcement kind of creeping in, they're gone. Because mm-hmm. just as easily as they pop up, they shut it down, and they'll right. go to Naperville or they'll go to the next town over. You know, whatever. Um, they all advertise on Backpage. Like I, I went on before while we were getting set up this morning and. I pulled back page ads off these Oswego massage parlors, the ones that advertised, not all of them were on back page, but there's pictures of Asian girls in lingerie and bikinis and stuff. And, you know, kissy face emojis and all that just ridiculous, right? Like, what are you selling? You're not selling just massages. Okay. Um, so it's, it's crazy. And you know, there's stuff that the police are looking at and, they're, they know, they know now, and they did a fantastic job here and, um, we'll continue to, to feed information to our local police departments, whether it be Oswego or Montgomery or Aurora, whatever, when we hear stuff and we're, we love that. We love that partnership and that we get to play a role in that. But, uh, you know, we, we need to, <laughs> there's another thing we need to have conversations about. Mm-hmm. Because you you can't just get on Facebook and evangelize that we have to shut this down. Like you got to go put in some work. So right, and they're not all dirty. I right. want to make that clear. Right. So although yeah. that one that close on in Oswego, as you mm-hmm. saw this morning from Backpage, yeah, you said they were already advertising. That was only been a matter of days. Yeah, right? two days. Yep. Two days later, they posted another ad. So it's uh, <laughs> it's something that we need to to work on. Now, here's another thing that I want to make very clear. Uh, one of my friends down in Tampa, Florida, posted a bunch of pictures. There was a church in their area that sent a large group of people to picket at an Asian massage place, thinking that that was going to make them close down or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they're not saying, you know, with that, when you do that, you're not doing anything to help those girls. So what? They shut it down. They leave Tampa. Okay. So what? They, they go to Orlando, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're moving the problem. You're not eliminating the problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it takes a, it takes a lot of time to, to do it properly and do it right. And right. It, it's a process. Right. Especially like you said earlier, it's a, it's part of a, a lot of them are part of like a big, like higher, organization yeah, networks, you know yeah. networks yeah yeah and we're talking about you know not certainly not all but some i mean we're talking about organized crime there's right. 
some of the escort services are run by Russian mafias and, you know, Asian mafias and street gangs and all kinds of stuff going on. It's right. just, it's crazy. You know, and you're <laughs> picture being law enforcement and learning more and more. These guys learn stuff every single day. Right. And just like we do here, we learn more about the trafficking and the massage parlors every single day. Well, did you hear about the Las Vegas shooter's brother? Yeah, what? child he pornography. Was, he was caught with oh, child really? pornography yeah. of like and other pedophile behaviors and elements. And yeah. then they found out that he was connected to like the Philippines and other circles and other. Is that right? I yeah. haven't heard that. The shooter's part. wife think, is Filipino too. Yeah, right? yeah, so that's yeah. kind of right. an interesting connection. Yeah. yeah. Which I, yeah, I thought was interesting. Crazy. So they're everywhere. They're, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's it, it. Sometimes I'll tell you, like, there's a lot of days where I just feel like helpless. Like we're trying to do all this stuff and it's like, is it really making an impact? But we just keep going like yeah. every day, you know, we, mm-hmm. we get it out there and, um, you know, hopefully it, it make plant seeds in people and, and bring some kind of change. But, you know, we, we need to, to look inside of ourselves and like, why are these businesses still running and popping up every five minutes is because there's a demand for it yeah. mm-hmm. and there needs to not be a demand for it. And, and damn it, like we need to go into our schools and talk about kids. Like I'm, I'll be in Oswego high school here in a couple of weeks talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we need more schools to be courageous and be like, we have hard topics that we need to talk about with our kids and we're going to do it. Um, and we're going to talk to the parents about it, of course, first and let them know what's going on. But, there's so many schools that are like, eh, well, you, when you come in, you know, talk about trafficking, but don't really talk about like, we don't want it to be too heavy for the kids. And I'm like, man, like sometimes we as human beings need to have our bell rung to really yeah. have an impact made, you know? That's mm-hmm. usually what, I mean, at, look at our country. That's what, how it has to be. Anytime yep. anything positive is done, it's always after some disaster or yep. some shooting or something where people come together and it may only be for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but dang it. Like that's clearly where we are as citizens in this country, where yeah. we need to have something hit us hard, whether it's, you know, reality and truth, whatever it is, but, or a message, but it has to hit us hard to really have a lasting impact. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So trying to get into more and more of the schools, do more men's events, educational stuff. And you know, we, we keep plugging away and keep moving forward. But, um, again, thank you to the Oswego PD. Great job guys. Keep it up. And, uh, we'll continue to update on, on those stories as, as they come out and keep you guys informed of what's going on. But this is <laughs> look in your community. I, I guarantee you've got several of these Asian massage parlors popping up. And if they've got blacked out windows and, you know, they send a woman into an Asian massage parlor and see if she can get a massage. If she can't, if they won't, won't give her a massage, pretty good red flag. And if they have, you know, posted work hours, you know, 9am to 9pm, but you drive by there at 2am and there's people coming out of it, might be something going on, you know, I mean, it's, it's common sense, which unfortunately isn't very common these days, but you know, be aware, be aware, talk, talk to people around you, talk to your friends, talk, I mean. We see all the time. I get I get messages, and I love this. They're like, "Yeah, we had a an Asian massage place in our town, and we had um, hard evidence that there was, you know, some form of sexual activity going on in there, whether it's trafficking or not." Mm-hmm. Um, and we worked with our local cops or the FBI or Homeland Security, and got 
it got shut down. They took care of the, the kid, the girls that were working there or whatever. You know, I love getting those messages. Right. You know, stand up, stand up and take your community back. That's what it's really all about. All right. Enough heaviness <laughs> for today. Right. <laughs> but good heaviness. Like we have to talk about this, this is what we're here for. It's what we do. Halloween is coming up this week. So just like a couple quick things. Um, the first one is really the, the biggest point that I want to make. All the PDs, especially out here, I think it's a nationwide thing, though. They On their websites, they post the sex offender registry for their communities. Oswego does a great job of doing that and, and pushing that information out there. Make sure that you're looking to see. And, I, and I, Okay, let me say this, too. I don't want you burning stakes in people's yards and stuff like that, <laughs> and, like spray painting their garage doors. That's not the point of this discussion. I just want your kids to be safe and um, know, you know, I want you to know where those people live. And so you don't take your kids to those houses. Second point is go with your kids. I don't care if they're 12, 13, go with your kids. You know, um, my, I know my kids, especially uh, my, my daughter, she always wanted to go off with her friends in a big group and go trick or treating. And as she was becoming a teenager, I was like, uh-uh, we're going with you. Uh, so go with your kids, be present, be visible, be safe too. you know, take your flashlights, your, of course, your light sticks and all that, but, uh, watch out for stupid people dressed up as clowns. Cause you know that they're going to do it this year and try and scare your kids. And I, uh, I promised, well, I won't even, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say it. Whatever. <laughs> I promised Lisa that I wasn't going to take, I have a concealed carry permit. I promised her I was not taking my gun out of the house when I took the kids trick or treating. Because I hate clowns, and we've talked about that. Yep. People, don't be stupid. Like, I'm talking to the people that would be dressed up as clowns trying to scare kids and stuff like that. Um, and please slow down when you're driving through neighborhoods. I know, you know, we're in a, kind of in a hurry to get home to take our kids out and hand out candy and all that fun stuff. But just please slow down and be safe because, you know, kids will dart across the street, and you may not see them, especially at dusk and stuff. So. Be careful of that. And and for the love of God, please do not hand out candy corn. It's the scourge of the candy world. Or but, uh, Nutra bars. Yeah, right. Or Luna coins. Bars. Or yeah. our dentist in the neighborhood hands out toothbrushes. I'm like, dude, you're just begging to get your house TP'd. Dude, if anything, just continue handing out the candy so that way they're coming in your right? office. Exactly. Candies, exactly. Roll up some business. So, But yeah, have fun. You know, I know there's some people that might be like, oh, Chris, why are you promoting halloween you're a christian it i have fun with my kids on halloween i enjoy seeing all the kids dressed up it's a good time i don't i don't get into the the biblical side of it i'm not out there worshiping the devil and stuff by any means so go out there have fun with your kids be with your kids and uh have a great time i'd like to ask uh, just for some prayers for the ministry this is our very slow time of the, of the year business wise. It's, it's cold out for some reason in Chicago, obviously we never dealt with this living in California, but for some reason people think that they shouldn't get a tattoo when it's cold out. And I'm like, this is the best time to get a tattoo. Cause first of all, it's easy to get into a shop. Um, all the shops are pretty slow and we're, we're slow on the regular business side. Ministry is never slow, but, um, if you guys could just be praying for Inc. 180, um, if you have any ideas for ways of us uh, to raise funds for the ministry, we're always excited to hear about those ideas. Um, and just come get a tattoo. Come and, you know, if you've been thinking about getting a tattoo, 
um, give me a call, 630-554-1404, or call uh, or email chris at inc180.com. I can get you in. I have availability this week, and so does Sophie. So we would love to see you, spend some time with you, talk, um, listen to your story, talk about the tattoos, and, and do a great tattoo for you. And it also helps the ministry. So give us a shout. A few announcements before we wrap things up for the day. Um, we're having our next social media safety class here on Sunday, November 12th at 2 p.m. It's a free class, as always, held at Inc. 180 at 27 Stonehill Road, Unit D in Oswego, Illinois, 60543. Um, it's a free class. Space is somewhat limited. So if you could call and uh, RSVP 630-554-1404 or email chris at inc180.com to just RSVP for the free class. It's for kids and parents. All ages are welcome. Uh, if your kids are on social media or they have a phone, bring them. And uh, it's, it's a great way for you guys to start that conversation about social media uh, and things like we talked about earlier here in the episode. So um, come on out for that. It's a great event and uh, it's a great conversation starter with your kids. Uh, had a, a couple cool things that I wanted to mention too. Last week, uh, we received an award, a recognition award from the U.S. Attorney's Office, which was just really special. And, you know, we, we don't definitely don't do this work for the recognition, but it's always certainly uh, very nice to be recognized by people that you really respect, like the U.S. Attorney's Office and Felice Weiler, uh, who is a victim's advocate. And she helps countless victims of human trafficking um, on their road back to taking their life back. So thank you to the U.S. Attorney's Office for that. And we really appreciate it. Um, new Inc. 180 gear is going to be out and available on the Inc. 180 Facebook page this week. We're doing hoodies, zip-up hoodies, t-shirts, all kinds of stuff people have been asking us for. So check that out on the uh, Inc. 180 Facebook page. And this is probably the thing I'm most excited about. Um, people have been asking me for a while about where they can pick up the documentary on DVD. Um, Amazon was sold out for a long time. Um, I've been out of them for probably a year. I haven't had any for a year. Wow. Cause every time I get them, they, they go fast. Yeah. Um, I, I talked to, uh, to Greg Bogdan over at TLN and he found 130 copies of it. Hmm. And the, the, um, the rights for the documentary have actually been sold to another company and they're doing whatever they're doing to get ready to sell it and all that stuff. But that's overseas. So on Tuesday, I'm picking up the last 130 Inc. 180 documentary DVDs in existence in the United States. <laughs> um, so we'll be selling those on the Inc. 180 Facebook page. So if you want to get one of those, give me a shout, uh, shoot me an email. I'll be posting a, a, a Facebook post about it this week to talk about it and let people know that we have them. I'll take a copy. Yeah. As long as you sign it though. I want, it, uh, I want the signature, the autograph on the, on the, uh, whatever cover. you want, whatever you want. I'm just not putting my social security number. Yeah, on. No, that's right. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to wrap things up for this week, episode 13. Thanks again to Grant Riel Moeller. And as always, my friend Kyle Craning, who's still sleep deprived from the new baby. I'm getting so better. He's getting there. But uh, God bless you guys. Go out, have a great week. Be a blessing to somebody and just ask God for that plan in your life and build, you know, build your plan with him. Have a good one.